Hi guys, I've got Anne Katona Lynn with me, one of my fellow authors for our beautiful book, Depression Lied to Me. And welcome to my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Stefan. Oh, that's brilliant. And what made you come on board this beautiful, uh, this beautiful collaboration of, of like-minded people? You know, when I hear about a you know, a group of women <clears throat> coming together to share their stories of really overcoming depression and, and, you know, going through struggles and just being raw and being honest. That is, that's kind of, that really spoke to me. That's where I am right now. I'm, I'm, I'm all about let's, let's put it out there and be vulnerable. That's the Ex way we grow. Oh, so beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, when was, uh, when did depression sort of first touch your life? Um, good question. Uh, I had trauma as a child that mm. really impacted me. Uh, and there were, and specifically for the book, I talk about rape, uh, and that the depression really went along with that, because I uh, was numbing so much and just really self, uh, you know, really feeling bad about myself and blaming myself, that's when the depression really kicked in. You know, there were, there were situations that were traumas again, but that, you know, because of the fact that rape has such a, and sexual abuse has such a, um, it, a devastating component to it, that it really takes away almost your voice. And I, that's where uh, the depression really hit me was mm -hmm. related to that. And so I was in my early 20s, probably. One in three women um, have a lifetime chance of being raped or sexually abused. One in seven men. The figures are huge out there, yet there is such a silence. Um, Me Too has changed that a little bit, but still on an individual yeah. level. It is so hard. Mm -hmm. When did you find your voice? How long did it take for you to decide to speak up? Um, probably uh, in my early 30s, I started really doing some healing around the trauma piece, but I didn't I, I didn't really address the, you know, the rape was still kind of this shame and this silent thing in the back of my head. And um, it took, honestly, probably until just last year to really even start talking about it more comfortably. Uh, so I've been, you know, my voice has come back like I, or I I've gotten my voice in the last 25 years, but the, around the rape specifically just within this last year. So it was, you know, cause I'm writing my, my own book. And so I, I, that's coming out in January, but, but as I was writing that, I was sharing my trauma and sharing all of those things. And I shared the rape. And then, you know, when this story came up, when Nefertiti, you know, spoke to me and she set up the meeting with us, it just was really perfect timing because I had already done some work on really sharing the story of the rape. But this book, I really went into it and, and shared unlike I ever have in my life. So so this book is um, has a lot of power for me. I mm. think it, it's it's truly putting my voice 
specifically around this, um, around the, around the rape uh, out there. So. Wow. And that takes a lot of guts to do that. Yet it can be so liberating. It can be so beautiful to come out of the, the, the darkness yourself and suddenly give your whole suffering a meaning by trying to help other women to understand that it's okay not to be okay and but that it's not okay to to stay silent right what would be the one thing you would tell a woman who has been in a similar situation as you have been with the darkness following a major trauma or maybe repeated traumas? I think, you know, I know for me, I was very much a people pleaser. And it took me really looking at myself and and not looking at myself with shame. So for me, God really kind of opened up my eyes of who I really was. Mm -hmm. And from that and holding on to that, uh, that helped me change some of my behaviors mm. that a little by little actually made me then feel better about myself, which then opened up more healing. So um, it, it, I couldn't think about other people. I needed to heal on my own and I needed to do the work for myself before I could even think about it's we have to put our own oxygen masks on. And so I think especially women, we are not very good at that. And so we need to put our own oxygen mask on first and take care of ourselves and be okay with that. And then uh, that kind of opens up the door for other healing. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy, but just getting that start and, and knowing that there are so many of us out there that have been through it and it's okay to ask for help. It, it's there's no shame. It was not your fault. You know, this is this is about what's happened to you, not what's wrong with you. So you know that we have so much, you know, there's so much support. Beautiful. What would you tell a the partner, a spouse of someone of, of the person you have been in the past? What would be the key message you would give the spouse? I would say, don't take things personally. Uh, you know, if there are things that have happened in the past, they are not about you and they don't, you know, they may be impacting you in some way. Just, you know, try to put yourself in your partner's shoes and see what it is that they've been through uh, and and just have some empathy. You don't need to do anything. Just listen. Just listen. You don't need to fix it. <laughs> uh, oh, we're so good at that. <laughs> I try to fix, and but then again, my wife is just like me. She wants to fix, but no. I'm a fixer too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you? How would you try to explain depression to a child? Hmm. I think I would say it, it's boy, it's just kind of a darkness that comes over you that it it almost just paralyzes you. It you can't yeah. and it's not even it can it can be there like just this fog. It's a fog yeah. that is just lingering and 
you are more tired and it just, you know, it takes away, it takes away what feels like your voice. And so even if you're able to speak, I think it's, it's that you feel that your voice is not worth anything. And so it just is this darkness, like a cloud, like a fog coming mm. over you. Mm. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the sort of the simple thing, I guess it's, it's a cloud mm. um, that really saps your energy. So. Oh, it's so true. I've had a uh, previous guest who had a spinal cord injury, and he said that his depression was more paralyzing than his spinal cord injury. And oh, that, wow. that was a, a very powerful thing to say. Yeah. Last, last yeah, question. You don't want to do things. So you don't want to do things that you typically love, you know? Last question. What would be the one message you would send back to your younger self? you don't have to have everything perfect you you are enough and you are worthy exactly the way you are and that's it beautiful dr ann katona lynn one of my fantastic co-authors for our book depression lied to me guys go out there check her story out and those stories of the other courageous women who are sharing their story maybe to give you that glimmer of hope that the past does not equal the future that there's help out there and thank you so much and good luck with your own book with your own celebration in january thanks thanks so much for having me cheers bye bye, bye.